0: The late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi. We're kicking it. We're breaking it down into level three. Great stuff with Babano, Ian Cameron, kicking it uh, with us this evening as we talk NFL football. Got you caught up to date with the NHL realignment uh, that has been proposed. Uh, we're breaking down some college uh, football numbers. And, of course, you got the college basketball situation. And, um, you know, Coach K. In the news, and we'll get what they. Well, we're gonna hit this with Pete in Annapolis a little bit. We're gonna focus more on the NBA with Pete, but uh, you know, I don't know, man. COVID makes strange bedfellows in the sense that I find myself defending a lot of people in the sports world that I normally rip all the time, and a lot of people that you know I like um, that I'm like, man, just shut up, bro. You're not helping yourself here. So like the roles are reversed, and listen, I've never been a big uh, Duke fan. All right, and that, that's an understatement. And in fact, once me and a raging redhead, Cam Stewart, went to a shooting gallery, um, a firing range in Las Vegas, we filmed it on TV. and We actually shot at a Duke logo. All right, so you know that, that you know we're not fans of Duke. All right, and we're not we're not fans of. Uh, I'm not the biggest, but there's a difference between respect and a fan. And you know, I just don't like Coach K because I've lost money against them so many times over the years. But Coach Krzyzewski and John Wooden are the best college basketball coaches ever. And to actually see people who make money, who make money, and, you know, probably not a lot, and I don't say that begrudgingly. I'm not one of these people, oh, you make 25 bucks to write your blog on Deadspin or whatever. No, I'm not one of those guys. But it's just crazy to me that a lot of people, like, make money, including I got to throw Deadspin under the bus uh, here which are more negative than the two dudes on the Muppets, to be honest, recently. I thought I was a negative dude, like Deadspin. Like, these guys hate everything. But not, like, cool-hating things. Like, they just, like, are sour, <laughs> right? And they're actually buying into the narrative like a bunch of trolls on Twitter talking about Coach Krzyzewski says that college basketball needs to reassess the situation moving forward here, right, due to coronavirus, that there's a lot of problems and, you know, he's not sure how this is going to work out. And people are like, oh, he's just saying that because, you know, they lost Illinois and they lost to Michigan State. And he doesn't have a great team this year, so that's why he wants to shut it down right now. He never said he wants to shut it down. He said, we've got big problems and we better figure this out. And the fact, you know, that people think that the winningest coach in the history of the game, like, wants to quit on a season because he's lost two games proves why they are trolls that they are. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morensi. Rage all you want. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy on. The bug boy? Yeah. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mother. His father was a
2: mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. What did I just say? Late
0: night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. Hey, you know what? So, you know, I listen, I like Deadspin. And listen, Deadspin.com, as uh, so we were just talking about Deadspin's negativity, and, you know, I'm rage, and I people think I'm negative, but I'm really not. I just call it like it is. <laughs> There's a difference. But, listen, Deadspin used to be a powerhouse. Then they got all freaked out because the... Um, They thought that the talent was getting too political or veering from sports too much. Not just, like, politics, but, you know, pop culture and whatever. And whatever. Basically, Deadspin Deadspin got so popular that they got bought out by a bunch of corporate hedge fund Wall Street dudes. They got flipped out that the people on Deadspin and the sister sites were writing stories about their other rich buddies and stuff like that. And let's just be real. It all got gawker. It was all part of gawker media. All right, and if you know Gawker Media got shut down by Hulk, um, uh, Hulk Hogan won money, and um, the guy Peter Thiel that started uh, PayPal and stuff, All right? Because they said uh, they they talked about his personal life. I'm not saying anything because he's obviously litigious. So, <laughs> but anyways, this yeah, so a Deadspin used to be awesome. Like I said, it was one of the coolest things in my career. Earlier in my career, I was like, "Oh my god, man! My radio show, and they're talking about me on Deadspin," and I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" <laughs> and I had Jen Sturger on, and I was on—I was in Deadspin a couple of times. I was like, "This is great!" And anyway, everyone knows Sports by Brooks Deadspin. We got to get Brooks on the show, but so then Deadspin and all the all the writers walked right about a year ago or so, whatever it was. They all quit. They're like, "Screw this! There's too many restrictions. We're all leaving on mass," and they did. And it took a little while for Deadspin to hire people, like no one to work for them at first, and, you know, oh, there's going to be restrictions on what I say and stuff like that, but they're starting to get hits again. They're starting to get, you know, back on their feet. It's, you know, it's a very popular domain name, even though it's dropped over the years. Um, but as I state, and, and I, here I am, I look at their website right now, and every damn story and every damn headline, I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, why are you bitching about this? And I pitch about everything. So number one on the top here. If Canadians can't watch a junior practice live stream, the virus is one. Written by Jesse Spector. He's upset that somehow, he's pissed off that the the Team Canada junior hockey practice, inter-squad scrimmage, red versus white, was not televised. All right? Like, my head's going to explode. It's like, really, what are you, Babano, who joined us earlier? Like, really, Jesse Spector, out of everything that's going on in the world, even a sports world, you're going to waste time writing about the fact that the red versus white hockey game between a bunch of 17-year-old kids isn't on? He's like, oh, I don't understand why they just couldn't put a couple of cameras in there. Because there's coronavirus and there's shutdowns everywhere, and they're going to broadcast the damn stupid tournament next week anyways, all right? You don't need to see the practice, bro. So that's on Deadspin right now, top of the page. If Canadians can't watch junior hockey practice live stream, the virus is one. Yeah, whatever. All right? Let's go down here. Big Ten screws over Indiana, rewards COVID team with not enough wins. I don't know. Ohio State beat Indiana. What the hell are you guys talking about? You can argue that other teams are getting screwed. How is Indiana getting screwed? They lost to Ohio State. Uh, I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, what what are you guys doing? Like, it's like, all right, live stream. Oh, yeah, God forbid you can't see the the red versus white game. All right, don't worry. Go to tsn.ca. You'll get enough coverage if you want, Jesse. Um, uh, Big Ten screws over Indiana. I don't know. Like, how are they screwing over Indiana? Ohio State beat them. (laughs) uh, Here's their, their big story with the big headline and everything. The NFL doesn't want you thinking too hard about its latest COVID meltdown. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, the, what are you talking about? It's not like the NFL is pretending there's no COVID. They're moving and canceling games all the time due to positive tests. The NFL is not the government. What do you want them to do about well, COVID? Like, what are like, like the NFL doesn't want you thinking about their COVID problem. That's all people talk about. Who has COVID in the NFL? What are you talking about? You act like it's a big secret. The Baltimore Ravens, they announced, here, Lamar Jackson's out with COVID. Oh, we don't want you to think about it, but he's out with COVID. What are you talking about? Not thinking too hard about the COVID problem. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. And here we go on. Here, college basketball, dead spit. Coach K is still a weasel. Because he's a weasel because, and this is the take here. And this is Sam Fells wrote a long piece. Coach K is a weasel because he says that he's concerned about safety, but he doesn't put his foot down and stop the season. Dude, Coach K might have power, bro, and over a bunch of kids at Cameron on campus. Coach K can't stop the season, bro. <laughs> I don't even like Coach Krzyzewski. and It's like, what do you want Coach K to do? Coach K is saying, and he didn't say it. He goes, we need to reassess what we're doing here. And, oh, yeah, he's a weasel. He's weaseling out. and. Oh, and then he's got to throw in there. He goes, I'm not saying that it's because he lost Illinois and Michigan State, but he did, you know, if he was 2-0, and old, would be saying the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this, yeah, Coach K won 900 games in his life because he's a quitter after two games in a season. Like, what, what is this crap you guys are writing? What are you talking about? Like, come up with some takes at least. Here's a, here's a picture of Des Bryant. The Des Bryant pregame meet and greet the Ravens don't want you to see. What do you mean they don't want you to see? I don't know what you're talking about. You guys really love that, don't want you to see. If you guys have a picture of it and you're not like WikiLeaks or something, so evidently everybody's seen it. <laughs> you're acting like, oh, I didn't- did Dead Bryant like hug people last night? No, I didn't know that Dead Spin. Oh, yeah, I did. I talked about it last night. So uh, I don't know. Like, the NFL didn't block me from seeing it, or the Ravens didn't block me from seeing it. All right, so here's one. Formula One Crete, Nikita Mazepin, Gropes Woman, posts video on Instagram. All right, let me look at this video. Why do I think he's probably on a yacht or something with, like, a bunch of chicks that he knows or a bunch of, like, chicks that work for a vodka company? Oh, no, maybe I better not back this one up. <laughs> Looks like the F1 team's pissed, too. Yeah, yeah, but what happened? What's the video? Well, what, what did he do? All right. The Haas F1 does not condone the behavior of our driver in the video. The very fact that he posted this video is abhorrent. The fact that it's being dealt with internally—he released an apology. I don't know, but dude, I gotta know because the last kid that apologized like this only ate sushi off a chick. I'm sorry for the offense I have rightly caused and the embarrassment I have brought to the Haas team. Sounds like the same uh, PR firm that wrote that kid's. <laughs> I got to see this video now. All right, I'll move on from that one. <laughs> All right, Deadspin, you win. you win. You got a point there, Deadspin. But I tell you what, you get my point? Every one of their headlines sucks. So it doesn't want you to see. You're listening to the show. Nobody wants you to hear, as we're on 318 stations and going on serious soon. But nobody wants you to hear this. These guys act like they're in North Korea, like giving you inside news or something. Uh, another thing here, too, I wanted to get to is uh, LSU. LSU can suck it. Uh, this is pretty big. LSU posts uh, football self imposes one year bowl ban. <laughs> For, so LSU self punish themselves. You like this, Matthias? They self punish themselves this year. This year, very convenient. LSU says, Yeah, you know what? For all the violations we did, we won't go to a bowl game this year. And never mind the fact that we're three and five, and you know. Half the bowl games are canceled due to COVID. And, oh, yeah, we suck. But you know what? As punishment, we're not going to go to a bowl game because they're actually eligible to go to a bowl game. So they're using this. Like, you guys are scumbags for actually, like, if you had any meat to it, you'd say, yeah, yeah, we're not going to go to a bowl game next year. We apologize. It's like, no, no. we we're gonna We're not going to go to. That's like me saying right now. Like, if, you know. Yeah, listen. I'm not gonna go out to a bar tonight, guys. After the show tonight, you know, I've been drinking too much. I'm not gonna go to a bar. Yeah, but Mirecki, the bars are closed. <laughs> There's coronavirus. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not gonna go to a bar. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really do the right thing tonight. I'm not gonna go to a bar. The bars are closed. Indianapolis next. The late night anger management class continues. I am Gamble Morenci. We're throwing it down. As the countdown to tip off is on. The NBA preseason is rapidly approaching, and if it feels like it was just uh, a couple of weeks ago that the NBA season um, ended, uh, well, it's been about two months. But that's the one cool thing about this. We lost, we lost a lot last year, but you know we had a, you know it was a great bubble. The playoffs were ultra cool, and only like a 60-day turnaround. And the NBA is back, and so is Pete Annapolis. Already has television in the house. Former assistant with the UMass Minutemen. Pete, my friend, how you doing, Pete? Always a pleasure.
2: I'm doing great, Gabe, tonight. Doing great.
0: So, listen, no, nobody loves basketball as much as you do. So, uh, it's pretty cool. College basketball is uh, back, albeit we'll get to college basketball's problems in a moment. But I'm, I'm really excited. Listen, the NFL is starting to get cool now that the playoffs are around the corner and the and, you know, we'll see who the, the, real, the real contenders are. But I'm really excited that the NBA is back, another sport back in the rotation, and a league that I love so much,
2: uh, the NBA back. So how fired up are you? I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped up, fired up. I mean, this is a great time of the year. Uh, when you look at a little bit more unconventional right now with the NBA starting a little bit later, but, you know, the NCAA is here. Teams are playing albeit some cancellations, but you know they're trying to get through this regular season and try and get to that tournament. Um, Guys are positioning themselves for the NBA draft for next year. It's going to be a great draft. And listen, um, it's wide open this year in the NBA. There's some heavy favorites at the top with the Lakers and the Bucs. You know, the Clippers are going to want some redemption as well. Uh, But I think every team feels good and confident coming into the NBA training camp that they could be um, champions of the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Let me ask you, uh, Pete,
0: and being a coach, so, you know, we saw in football coming into the National Football League, and it's been a challenge. Look, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, and Mike McCarthy, whatever, mm-hmm. it's a train wreck. Sorry, Pete, I just had to bring it up. But, you know, he right. did, you know, these new coaches, they didn't have a regular training camp. They didn't get to know their players, right? Uh, some coaches have done it better. Some coaches embrace Zoom and stuff like that, like Joe Judge of the New York Giants, Said, I want to look into the eyes of every player on my team every day. Old school, Pete, right? So he had a meeting every day. No, no, I'm checking in with you. What are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing today? What's going on? You're working out? Yeah, you know the playbook? And he would check in. And it's it's challenging. So, how tough is it gonna be for a coach like Doc Rivers? Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. You got a coach like Doc Rivers, who is with the Clippers, dude, he's had two months, bro. And how many procs have they had? None. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, have they even been in the same room together? How many times has he met Ben Simmons? You know what I mean? Like, these are things, you know, as a coach, Pete, that at this time of the year in training camp, he'd be like, man, I know what's wrong with his shot. It's this. It's that. He still doesn't know all these things. How how challenging is it going to be for Doc Rivers to step into Philadelphia uh, like this without the preparation? How long? There's really going to be an adjustment period, isn't there,
2: for Doc to learn this team. There's no question about it. You bring up a great point, Gabe. And traditionally, when a head coach takes over for a team, he's usually hired right after the regular season. Thus, he has the whole summer to get to know his players. Uh, Usually, coaches will fly out to where these players live, whether they're in the United States or whether they're in Europe. They just want to build that rapport. Doc Rivers didn't have the time to build a rapport with a Joel Embiid and a Ben Simmons. So he's going to go off the cuff. He's going to have to learn on the fly, and so is his new team. Doc has that reputation to be a great communicator and really work well with his players. But at the same time, this is a brokering team, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. They were close to beating the Raptors two years ago when Kawhi Leonard hit that shot that bounced off the rim four time. They had Jimmy Butler along with Embiid and Simmons and Tobias Harris. So right now they're trying to figure out their identity. Yes, Doc might alleviate some pressure, uh, with the media, but at the end of the day, can he make Ben Simmons shoot the basketball, and can he make Joel Embiid the monster that we want him to be?
0: It seems to me that Brett Brown was blamed for uh, from everything from the Sixers' team chemistry problems uh, to the fact that it snows in the wintertime in Philadelphia, right? Was it all his fault? Probably not. But you're right, Philadelphia have consistently had chemistry problems. And everybody says the same thing, right? You know, Jimmy Butler, who's brutally honest all the time, you know, said on one of those NBA player podcasts after drinking wine with people, you know, when they all get honest, he said, damn, man, he said, those kids got talent. Like, he didn't rip them. It wasn't like a Minnesota thing. He said, they got talent, but he said, man, like, no one's on the same page in that room. And they're never on the same page. And it's been years that they're never on the same page. But it seems to me, like, uh, you know, I am a Raptor fan, um, but if I'm looking at the Sixers, I'm thinking... Man, Doc Rivers is the perfect guy to get these going. Like, if there's any coach in the NBA that I think that would be the perfect fit for the, this group, it would be it would be him. But let's get into this group right now. Is the group even good enough? That's the problem. If you look at their starting lineup, Ben Simmons, Danny Green, uh,
2: Tybal, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, do you like that starting five? Again, I think they have to decide where they're going to play Ben Simmons. I still think he should be a point guard. They kind of... Um, tried and navigate him to be a small forward or power forward. I think he's a point guard. He's going to push the tempo, get the ball in his hands. He's a great offensive rebounder. One thing I love about Ben Simmons, he's an elite defender. I think I like the moves that Daryl Morey did in bringing two shooters and Danny Green and Seth Curry, who was acquired for Josh Richardson from the Dallas Mavericks, surround those guys with shooters and specifically Joel Embiid. I think Tobias Harris is one of those guys where they gave him that max contract. Um, They acquired him from the Clippers. I'm not quite sure he's that guy, and he yeah. wants to be he's that guy. He's not that, that
0: scorer, is he? Because um, I look at this roster, I'm thinking you guys are missing another shooter here. Get a Demar in here. Gets yeah. Aren't they missing that guy? That yeah, he's giving us 23 tonight.
2: Well, again, you know the Clippers didn't want to pay him that money, and he went up to get to the Sixers, and the great Jerry West said, "Hey." You know what? We don't want to keep Tobias Harris here in the Clippers because we want that cap space to sign guys like Kawhi and Paul George they did last year. But again, I think Maury, right now, his, his sights, make no mistake about it. He wants one guy and one guy only. He wants Jameis Harden. He wants Harden in Philly. He's going to try and not give away Embiid or Simmons. Is Tobias Harris enough uh, with some draft picks? But best believe that Maury is going for the slam dunk. He's not waiting for uh, to build this in a year or two. They want to win this year, Gabe Marenzi, and they want Harden
0: so it's interesting and it's funny Harden has pretty much put it out there he wants to go to Philadelphia as well and Philadelphia has been adamant because Houston basically said sure, alright, who are you giving us Embiid or Simmons? Well we prefer Simmons but we'll take Embiid, right? It was one of those deals and they were like wow, whoa, 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 anybody but these two and Houston hung up the phone essentially and said well, you know, don't waste our time on this but It might get to a point right now, Pete, as you see. Harden going to strip clubs, Harden acting like Harden already and the season hasn't started yet. It's pretty clear, bro, he's going to be difficult for them. And it's also pretty clear, I don't think there's a million teams that are lining up for James Harden. His contract, his attitude, where does he fit on the team, etc. So Philadelphia might just win by waiting this out. Because you look at this roster, it's not good enough. They need another player. And I think they might win this Harden thing just by waiting Houston out and for Tina going to be pinned into a corner and not have a choice.
2: Yeah, you make a great point. Again, it's all about leverage. And right now, Houston believes they still have that leverage. Um, but if James is going to continue to act like that off the court, um, I think they're trying to wait it out and trying to get him into the training camp and be next to John Wall and say, hey, let's try and get it. We still got some guys in P.J. Tucker and, and Gordon. Um, We still can make some noise here in in the West, but at the same time, how long before um, this goes south and James Harden just really flat out says, I'm not going to play any of the games. And then the leverage starts to swing to teams like Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Um, Again, I don't think Harden will finish the year with Houston. I still think he will start this year. But again, can you imagine Harden with Simmons and and Bede that will be the, the missing piece, I think, will work even better uh, than Brooklyn because I don't think Kyrie Irving um, can play with a James Harden, let alone a Kevin Durant.
0: Well, you know what? It's, it's amazing, Pete. You read my mind, actually, because Harden threw it out there, Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Yet, you know, God bless KD, who didn't take too long for him to say, "Well, I didn't hear anything about this. And KD's in de facto general manager of the Brooklyn Nets now, Pete, uh, as you know, right? So I think Durant right. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, there's only one basketball. There's no room for Harden on this basketball uh, team, which leads us into the Brooklyn Nets. And listen, it's easy. You know, there's a lot. I, you know, it's funny because I think Kyrie's not a bad guy. It's one of those deals where he's not a bad person. He's not like a mean guy. You know what I mean? But... He, he does dumb things, and he says dumb things, and he has he does cause problems in the room, and he ha- does cause... I told the store, I was in Brooklyn at the time, uh, when he signed, dude, like, he wouldn't even, like, put on a jersey for the photo shoot type thing. Like, it was like a three-hour argument, man. Like, they had to get the owner on the phone. Like, you know what I mean, Pete? Just at, like, a calendar shoot type thing? And, they, and then the next time they saw him, he was the nicest guy ever. Like, one day he's really cool, the next day... Eh, I'm not doing that, right? He's one of these guys. But I don't think he's a bad person, per se. So there's a lot of people that roll their eyes at the Nets from the drama perspective. And I've done it. Oh, boy. Oh, 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 oh. you bring Steve Nash in right now. Oh, Oh, you got Kyrie. Oh, you got Kevin Durant. And I even I tweeted last week. I said, I don't know if there's two more miserable hundred millionaires in America than Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, right? But with all that being stated, guys, this thing's no joke. And Steve Nash actually, I love what he's done football style here, Pete. Delegation, right? Mike D'Antoni runs the offense. Vaughn's got a good thing going. You run the defense. I'll run the egos. And Nash has an ego. Nash knows. Nash has been an NBA All Star. Nothing Durant and Kyrie can bring it. Nash can throw them off. And you know, Nash is a pretty loose guy. He's out there. He'll be able to roll with these guys, keep everybody in line. D'Antoni's going to run the offense. Vaughn runs uh, the defense. And damn, man, you look at this lineup. Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Jared Allen. Take away the drama and stuff, Pete. That's a damn good lineup right there, man. I don't think people realize how good Karis LeVert actually is. And we're going into a break in in a couple of seconds here, Pete. So I'm going to give you the floor right on the other side about this. But... Dude, like Karis LaVert's a stud, let alone all these other guys. Joe Harris is a perfect guy to put in the corner here. The Brooklyn Nets, guys, if this thing, if they stay on the court together, they're going to be a damn difficult team to beat. Sports Rage Late Night continues.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Rage it up. Sports
0: Rage with Gabe Morenzi. Rage all you want. Late Night Anger Management Class continues. I am Gable Marenzi. We're talking NBA basketball. We're going to get into some college talk as well uh, with the great Pete Yiannapolis, uh, one of our regular basketball insiders and uh, guests. Of course, RDS uh, television analyst, former assistant with the UMass Minutemen kicking it with us. So, Pete, I was just uh, going over the Brooklyn Nets uh, situation and you know, like I said, throwing all the drama and all the Twitter jokes and stuff, but there's a lot of talent on the floor, bro.
2: No, no question about it. This team and you mentioned, right, if they throw out that starting five with Kyrie, um, with Levert, with Harris, with Durant and Allen, I mean, that's a championship type of starting five. Uh, you know, Dinwiddie off the bench, you got DeAndre Jordan, uh, who has some of that experience. I think the key at the end of the day, Gabe, it's the health. Kevin Durant how will Kevin Durant come back after that Achilles heel injury with the Golden State Warriors people's team to forget that Kevin Durant before that injury for the last two and a half years before that Gabe he was the best player in the NBA he won back to back MVPs in the finals he totally dominated he annihilated LeBron James and LeBron and Durant really improved defensively playing with the Warriors if Kevin Durant is healthy how healthy could he be Uh, this is going to be a potent, this is going to be a scary type of lineup. I think that Kyrie Irving um, is rejuvenated playing with with Kevin, and I think that Kyrie, if he gets into that 2016 playoff mode, don't forget, you know, this guy could have won, or some would say he could have won the MVP in 2016. He hit the big shot. He was scoring 40 points a game. He was averaging close to 30. LeBron had all those stats. Kyrie and KD together, I don't think they need James Harden. Keep the team the way it is. Levert's a great team guy. Harris, as you mentioned, the perfect guy to hit corner threes. Uh, they're going to offensive rebound. This is a team, and again, you mentioned D'Antoni and Vaughn. Steve Nash will handle the Eagles uh, if they remain healthy. I anticipate them in Milwaukee playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, you know
0: what? I'm I'm buying into this Brooklyn 10. It's funny too, Pete, because I was there when they were terrible, and I loved the chemistry of the team, and I loved what Atkinson mm-hmm. was doing. And I bought in. They made the playoffs. They battled with the Sixers. But it wasn't enough. They weren't filling the building up, bro, right? It's New York. <laughs> They're like, right. we're not selling jerseys. You know, yeah, we're good. We have 8,000 people here, right? We've got to do something. So I didn't like it when they shook everything up. But I actually love – and you know Steve Nash personally, I know, uh, over the years. And I don't know him personally, but I do know people that have known him well, so I know, you know, his personality. And – you know, even me, i got to be honest, it's one of these deals. This is sort of a jackass talk show host. Steve Nash, what the hell's going on here? Steve, Steve Nash, I'm thinking, well, Steve Nash like was the general manager of Team Canada and, like, you know, did, wasn't the savior. And, like, again, like, Steve Nash got a lot of things going on in his life. Really? Does he want to be an NBA coach? All this. But then, you know, when it all comes together and I realize you got Pony, you got Vaughn, you got Nash, you got the experience – uh, he brings some fun to the table and can really help that room. What do you think about Steve Nash now that we say Coach Nash?
2: Listen, it's it's difficult because you, you have the career coaches that have gone through the ranks, right? They've been assistant coaches. Uh, they've, they've coached in the G League. They've coached in Europe. You look like a guy like Nick Nurse. He coached in Great Britain. You know, he coached in the G League all the way up to an assistant to the NBA and then got his chance. But this is the big leagues, right? This is the NBA. And some former players are going to get those jobs, whether you're Mark Jackson, uh, you know, you're a Ty Lue. Some of these, these players become, you know, Magic Johnson was the coach of the Lakers. Larry Bird was probably the best superstar coach uh, that became a uh, superstar player that became a great coach. I think Steve Nash has the demeanor. He has the respect. And I think the one thing that he's really, really close to, he's really close to Jay Triano. And Jay Triano is the former head coach of the Toronto Raptors Currently, the associate head coach with the Charlotte Bob, uh, Hornets, and Jay Triano was the head coach for the Canadian national team. Um, Nash is ready for this. Uh, Nash, if there's one guy that can handle New York and handle all these prima donnas, uh, I think Steve Nash is built for this. But this is going to go two ways, Gabe. You know it. Yeah. Either going to win a championship, <laughs> or or somebody's getting fired or traded. This is what's going to happen. There's I said no in between.
0: I said the same thing because I don't know. Like they're not playing. They're playing 72 games. So I said the same thing. I said, guys, the Brooklyn Nets are either going like 64 and seven <laughs> and they're going to kill everybody and they're going to win the title, or it's going to be a circus show and the roster won't make it through the year. Kyrie and isn't this the big key? Kyrie and KD, everybody's buddies until they're on the same team, right? You know, you've been around ball and you know what I mean? Even these dream teams and. Man, yeah, we're buddies. Wouldn't it be cool if we played together and all that? Yeah, it is until you are, right? And KD, I think Kyrie's competitive, but I think KD's more of a killer. So I think Kyrie could be the one to piss KD off. Everyone pisses KD off. So I think Kyrie, you know, that's going to be a dynamic to watch. But I'm looking at this from a basketball standpoint, Pete, and like, dear God, like at any point, and this is going to be where D'Antoni – and also, Steve Nass, somebody that had a bad back, can understand a guy like Durant, limiting minutes and all this, right? So, but I'm just thinking, as you stated, you can always have Kyrie... So you got Kyrie Irving, Karis Laverne, and Kevin Durant on the floor. It's like, all right, listen, KD, let's let's we got to get him a couple of minutes uh, here. All right, boom, let's bring Dinwiddie in right now. And then we got Karis Laverne will take over as a score with Kyrie here. Or, boom, we got we to sit Kyrie down, let's bring Dinwiddie in, it's one of these deals. They're always going to have Irving, Levert, Durant, or Dinwiddie on the floor. That's pretty deep, bro, for 48 minutes in the NBA.
2: Yeah, they're going to score a lot of points. And I'm curious to see what D'Antoni's system will be. Uh, I think, yes, they're going to push the ball. They're going yeah. to to score a lot. But it, D'Antoni's not the head coach. Uh, Jacques Vaughn is going to make this team be tough, be gritty, play defense. But again, when you look at a team that you mentioned, those three guys... Kevin Durant doesn't need the athleticism to be the best scorer in the NBA. At his size, at 6'11", he's just going to shoot over guys, and this team is Kevin Durant's team. He decided to sign, and then Kyrie, regardless if he was there before, this is KD's team, this is KD's moment, and I think Kyrie's okay with that, and you see the love that he's giving him with a couple of subtle shots at LeBron James, finally a guy that could make better shots or clutch (laughs) shots like I could. You gotta love it, you know, and Kyrie's doing that specifically, to, to take a shot at LeBron they didn't get along Kyrie didn't you know bow down to LeBron a lot of people are criticizing for it I respect the guy because he was there and when it was game seven against Golden State and the game is tied who did Ty Lu call the play for Gabe he yeah. called the ga- the play for Kyrie Irving he who took it. Steph Curry off the dribble and hit a three in his face and they won the championship so again uh, the cohesion between those two players are going to be key uh, it's going to be interesting, Gabe, because as you mentioned, the schedule, they're a little bit tweaking it. You're going to have some games back-to-back against the same team at home because they want to limit the travel within these teams. So you're going to have a chance to rest the Kevin Durant. That's where Steve Nash is going to have to make the right decision. You want KD healthy to make the playoff run.
0: You know, it's the one thing about Kyrie and LeBron as well. There was always the, the resentment too. LeBron was mad that Kyrie split. That Kyrie really didn't like being LeBron, it wasn't in LeBron's crew, right? Kyrie's an interesting dude. He's into skateboarding and stuff. Like he's not like mm-hmm. a regular NBA player, right? So he doesn't have the same interests off the court. He's a more of a loner. He wasn't part of Team LeBron and the hot tubs and the parties and stuff like that. And so he split and whatever. He also wanted the ball, and I don't think he liked when LeBron would bitch about him about defense and stuff, as you know, Pete. But I thought Kyrie had a great line about LeBron when he said, "Yeah, LeBron is upset I left Cleveland." He goes, we all knew he was leaving at the end of the year. And he goes, this guy wanted me to be stuck there, right? (laughs) Like, and that's not LeBron, exactly. Oh, you know, hang with me until the end until I bolt for Miami and screw everyone, right? It was like Kyrie's like, or, or, you know, not Miami, but the sequence, right, when he left for whatever the hell he did again. You know the deal. So, you know, it's just funny that Kyrie's like, man, everyone in the league knew he was leaving. I leave the year before, and he calls me a traitor, essentially, behind my back. Right, So it's just funny. He goes, yeah, and he wanted to leave me in Cleveland alone. So <laughs> Kyrie was right about that. I want to ask you, we're at about five minutes out here, Pete, and I appreciate your time. I wanted to ask you about, um, about college basketball, and it's just so ridiculous. So we see the Michigan stuff in college football. Ooh, Michigan's ducking the game and stuff. Yeah, Michigan would have got their ass kicked. A competitor like Harbaugh would rather get his ass kicked than have people say he's ducking a game. And I couldn't believe it. When I see people talking, Pete, today, when Coach K says, we need to reassess what we're doing, and, you know, this pandemic's pretty bad, and we've got big problems with college basketball. And people immediately, actually, like writers and stuff, he wouldn't be saying this if uh, he didn't lose to Illinois. If he didn't lose to Michigan State, he wouldn't be saying this. Just because his team is no good. That's why he wants to shut the season down. And I'm thinking that's why you're a loser, uh, that's why Coach K is, like, one of the winningest, like, guys in the history of, like, life. And, <laughs> yeah, because a guy like Coach K wants to quit on the season because he lost two games, Pete. It's amazing the attitude of people online, huh? Dude, Duke were the first team to shut things down last year during the thing. Uh, Coach K has been warning that, hey, this is a bad idea the whole time. As if he's quitting. I'm not even a Coach K lover, you know, Pete. But, yeah, yeah. Coach K ain't no quitter, bro. It's such a stupid take, man. What's your opinion?
2: Well, you know, Coach K is the greatest coach of all time at the college level um, with respect to Coach Wooden. Uh, what he's able to do to win at Duke consistently over decades and decades and the way the game has changed and what he did with Coach, with Team USA and winning all those gold medals. Um, coach K is like in his, you know, mid-70s. He's still coaching. You know Why? because he doesn't want to stay at home with his lovely wife, who he loves to death. He wants to be part of the game. He wants to play games. He likes coaching. He likes being out there, and he likes having those McDonald's All-Americans. Yes, the, this Duke team is not as talented as some of his greater teams. It's going to take time when you have freshman backcourts. It takes a lot of time, and there hasn't been re- a real training camp, and they've missed practices. So, um, yes, you know, Coach K is very competitive. He's a guy with great resolve. Uh, some of the media might remember when he had his bad back and Pete Godet took over, uh, you know, in the late 90s, and then um, all those wins were taken away from Coach K's resume and given yeah, to poor yeah. Pete Godet. Uh, I yeah. could see that. But Coach K, at this age, is there because he's a competitor and he wants to win and he wants to play. And you know what? His voice matters. And for him to say that, he's not wrong. I think the, the, the teams need to play. It's not an NCAA problem they're not the ones dictating that they that these games are being played it's the conferences and the athletic directors and the school chandlers that have that decision so people sort of confuse that with the NCAA. we could talk about this in another segment but again coach k's voice matters duke will be better as the season goes on
0: exactly it's still early but college basketball it is a real challenge guys and it it's just an indoor sport limited players and, you know, you look at the college basketball landscape, we're all looking forward to this Michigan State-UVA game, man. Uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge postponed. Michigan versus NC State. NC State pauses uh, activities. UNLV calls off game against Eastern Washington. DePaul's game against Villanova uh, postponed. I could go on. Man, there's this, this going to be some tough times. I think people just sort of think, oh, but everything's fine, right? It's going to be, you know it's going to be tough man navigating our way through this in college basketball this year pete but you know they're going to find a way to have a march madness no matter what but the <laughs> the regular season it's going to be like college football march madness is going to be teams in there with 18 games and all that <laughs> i'm telling you what college basketball coaches you better damn win these games now you don't know how many games you're going to be playing and this stuff it's true i'm not exaggerating pete we got about a minute but you know what i'm saying like It matters. You might not get that bracket buster game that you normally hang your hat on later in the year.
2: Yeah, it's curious to see if they're going to remain with the 68 teams in the field. Uh, Once they get everybody in Indianapolis and they can have that tournament, I think it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be outstanding. I think it's going to be a little bit like last year where there's going to be at least about 10 or 12 teams that realistically have a chance to win a national title. Uh, But again, you have to win your games that are playing now because they're being canceled. They're being postponed. And it's incredible you know, talking to coaches, you know, their assistant coaches usually do the schedule the year before, right? They call the other assistant coaches, okay, we want to play here, we'll play you guys, okay, we'll do a home and away. Now the head coaches are calling, texting each other, saying, you want to play tomorrow night? Yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah, so yeah. it's incredible what's happening uh, on the sidelines or on their phones. They're doing this texting. It's like me and you, when we're texting all the time, Gabe, the coaches yeah. are doing and remember right now the now to old play days? games.
0: Remember the old days? Oh, we can't play. We need to take six years in advance to book a game. Right? It takes eight years in advance to book a football game. BYU and Coastal booked it in 48 hours. Pete Annapolis RDS Television.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Marekse.
0: All right, great stuff uh, with Pete Indianapolis uh, kicking with us, and I'm fired up. I know my boy Ventra in Brooklyn's fired up uh, right now for the Nets, and you know, listen, as we talked about, the Nets are like uh, an experiment that could go, you know, it could it could be, it, you know, they could they could go to the championship, they could win the championship, or this thing could implode. I think though, more so, the big concern is more. It's more health, guys. It's more health. Like KD and Kyrie and stuff, they're not going to start hitting each other over the head with chairs, all right, at the Barclays Center. Like, you know, they're not throwing dollies there like Conor McGregor. Mike D'Antoni, guys, is there. Like, Mike D'Antoni, you know, got out of Houston and, you know, oh, I'm going to retire. And it's like, well, well, now I'll be the offensive coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I love what they're doing with the coordinator stuff. Like, all teams sort of have, you know, off- you know assistance, but – This is different. Like, Steve Nash, literally and figuratively, like, Steve Nash isn't running the practice. Like, Mike D'Antoni runs the offense. Jock Vaughn, who did a great job with a limited roster last year, uh, runs the defense. Steve Nash, is that just the guy to keep everything together here? And, you know, so coaching experience isn't going to be a problem uh, for them. And, you know, somebody in our chat is saying, you know, leadership. And there's a difference between no leadership and egos. Is it fragile? Do they have a ton of egos? Yeah. No, without a doubt. There's like, you know, KD, KD is very, you know, moody. Kyrie Irving is very moody. Um, and there's no doubt about that. But there's a difference between dealing with egos and leadership. You know, Kevin Durant doesn't need anybody to hold his hand. And Kyrie Irving doesn't need anybody to hold his hand either. I think it comes down to health, if they stay healthy. And, you know, and like I said, Steve Nash is somebody that, you know, played in the NBA a long time and also somebody that had, like, health issues late in his career. So Nash understands load management. And, you know, how do they manage the minutes? Can they stay healthy? If they stay healthy, they're going to the finals. You could argue on paper they have the best roster in the NBA right now. But you know what the beautiful thing is, we have a lot more time to talk about that in the future, other than that you're on your own later.